Picture the scene. Our hero, me, takes a leisurely stroll through the sunny streets of Barcelona. I see an elderly man sitting on a bench. You know what he was doing, George? Oh, um, playing a flute. Mm, I wish. He was feeding little pieces of bread to the birds. And so that obviously makes me think above my dear friend's wacky inventions. Um, (laughs) So I'm kind of walking along. It's sunny. I'm feeling good. I'm like, tee hee hee. What a wonderful day. Suddenly my thought is cut short because the nice old man has lost interest in the birds and is now throwing stale pieces of bread directly at me, calling me <laughs> the equivalent of the C word in Spanish. <laughs> really? Yes, just now. No reason. Absolutely no reason. I hadn't done a thing to him. Um, and I just, I know I've said this before and I hate to sound That's like really a whiner, but I really do think there is some co- sort of cosmic karmic thing the world strangers immediately take against me i literally was walking i wasn't very near him really well i was close enough to get luckily well, his you throw are was probably shit. the only man in barcelona in this weather that's wearing a bar- wax barber jacket and a well, and, of course. full corduroy <laughs> yeah uh, and one of those like Peruvian hats that were quite big in like 2007, like the ones you pulled down, like the dappy hats, basically. <laughs> the dappy hats. The dappy hats. Oh, how are you doing, dappy. my friend? Um, yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm I've, I'm looking forward to this week's episode. I kind of got quite excited about the fact that I'm in in bed, as it were, with someone that wow. knows his way around an Instagram page. I kept texting you going, oh, mate, you're doing such a good job. <laughs> oh, I mean, what I've been enjoying um, is uh, making the little illustrations for our Instagram page because I found this app that makes it very easy to appear to be like a competent graphic designer. <laughs> and... Um, So my girlfriend will be like trying to speak to me and I'll be like, one second, I'm just um, making a a, a cute little sleepy alien for the phone a friend Instagram page. Um, Have you got any app recommendations that make you look like a competent human being? Okay. I didn't know it does look very good and that's been exciting. And also it's um, obviously I don't see the emails. The way that we've set it up is that you are in control and my issue is I'm I'm going to things with the best intentions and then I just know of myself off and they'll fall to the wayside and it will be kind of I don't know I don't love my fans that's what I'm trying to say <laughs> that's not true you adore your fans but um I think it's probably fair to say that like the reason I'm able to make a cute little alien on my phone is because I am less busy than you so and also no offense, but you are low tech and I am high tech. You, if you well, were in charge true, of the yeah. Instagram, it would be a nightmare. The pictures would be pixely. You'd like try and use gifs and memes that are very far outdated. It just <laughs> yeah. wouldn't work, man. I'd post like the monkey in the coat at IKEA. Like, yeah, guys, like- have you seen this? <laughs> You post that baby shaking his fist at the camera and be like, oh, I literally feel like this today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which actually might um, be good. I might do that. Yeah. Um, no, but I've been enjoying watching that. And I've been, uh, what I was going to say is because I'm not, I don't have the emails coming in. It's nice for me to see, I can go on the stories 
Even when I talk about it sincerely, I sound like an old man. I go on the stories and that's nice for me to be able to see what people are replying to the questions you put out there. Well, uh, listen, low tech, my dear boy, I'm glad that I'm able to share with you this strange sort of matrixy world. I imagine that when you close your eyes and try and picture the internet, you do see all those green things from the matrix, you know, like the streams of code, like going... Whereas for me, I see uh, mountains and, you know, out of this code, I see the potential. Um, So I think we're a perfect match. Also, I do want to say to the listener that um, because we're doing this on Zoom, I can see you this week and you're in your PJs. Very nice Mm -hmm. PJs, by the way, striped. uh, The sort of, just to give a sense to the listener, it's not like when people have an old T-shirt and boxes and say like yeah i'll go put my pajamas on no this is a full set of like i think it was can't remember the advert but yeah beautiful beautiful he's head to toe in stripes but there was an advert for um pillows or beds that used to have a hippo in uh in pajamas like getting all snugly for bed mm. um mm. and you look like that hippo which well, is go on, ollie Take a screen grab to share on your Instagram page for all of the... My Instagram page? Look, (laughs) it is ours. Take a screenshot to share on... Well, do you want to hear something low-tech about me? Yeah, go on. Even though I do it quite often, I have to Google how to take a screenshot on my Mac every time I do it. Oh, that's Command-Shift and then three or four. And if you do four, you can pick exactly what part of the screen you want. Okay, no, 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 no. This is not the dynamic. Please, please, please. (laughs) Go back to being low-tech. Okay, yeah, I got it now. Uh, please, can you uh, look very cute and snuggly? Oh, oops, you did it anyway. <laughs> Sorry, can't help it. Um, um, why are you yeah, in your pajamas in bed at six thirty? Um, well, I got. I've had for the last two weeks. Well, we finished recording the other day, and then the next day. This is how it happened. Actually, we finished recording. The next day I went to the studio and say at about two o'clock, I could feel myself, having slept and everything the night before, I could feel myself just falling asleep. But it was like, it wasn't a, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'll just take a quick nap now. You know, it was like, I can't go on. I have no more energy. Joel that I write with, I was like, man, this is ridiculous, but I think I need to go home. Um, And I ended up... uh, getting an uber home and i kind of started to nod off in the back of that that is and look, got I, home I, I i'm sorry that this was happening but it is a cute image oh yeah just in the back and, of the uh, car yeah and um yeah you know that like nodding dog thing where you go like and you catch yeah. yourself i was doing yeah. that a lot um and then i got up to my flat and Thought having a nap, I was like, "Don't have a nap because you you need to sleep tonight. You haven't been sleeping great." And then I did not fall asleep until four a.m. Mm. So having been tired enough to be like, "I'm going to take myself home," I then at like one o'clock in the morning, I realised like, "Hmm, this isn't as expected," uh, you know. And then I was like, "Don't worry about it." And then two o'clock came around, and I was like, "This is weird." And then at half two, I was like, "Fuck it." I got up, I cleaned the flat. Yeah, and I started a new book, and then at 4 a.m., I was like, surely. And then I woke up the next day, and then obviously, it just I know we've probably spoken about this before, but it just puts you on the back foot because then you're trying to play catch up. Simultaneously, 
Yeah, but you're kind of high alert and also useless to the world. So you're like kind of on, you know, you're, you're everything's like, whoa, whoa, what was that? Whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, and but equally, you're just fried. You know, when your eyes burn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. So, th- but then um, I've just been, and then that's been a kind of recurring story. Is just being, I've, I'm falling asleep a lot now. I, I'm like. Yeah. It, it, during the day, you mean? Are you not falling asleep at night? Uh, no, I'm falling asleep at night. I'm, I'm, mate. This is this. Oh, please forgive me. Um, I'm, um, what do you call it? I'm um, snoozing my alarm. Oh, Lord above. Yeah, God. If you, yeah, I, which, yeah, I don't feel great about that. Okay, well, let's just. Uh, I think for the majority of people. Um, myself included, alarm snoozing is a is a daily reality. But for you, it's not really your vibe, is it? You're more of a ding, 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 um, banana, banana, <laughs> banana. <laughs> You're gonna get up. <laughs> it's not so much that. It's just this ridiculous game I play in my head. And I know we've spoken about this, but if I do that, then I tell myself that I'm a bad person and days ruined. there's some rules in my, that I have made, I have broken and only bad people break rules. Mm. And then, you know, it's, it's, as we've spoken about before, it's trying to find the local whipping post and strap you know, yourself to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I scream, flog me, flog me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but really, I do. So then, which I need to just get over. And also, here's another thing. I can set my alarm for 9am and still get to the studio at the time that I'm supposed to get there. But instead, I set it for 8. So for to what? Punish to prove to who that I'm a good person. <laughs> it's well, bollocks. Yeah. It's utter nonsense. I mean, you know the uh, the alarm sort of app on your phone? No, well, I use this. Oh, you're so low tech. Uh, for the listener, he's holding up... My dad's uh, alarm clock, bedside alarm clock from 15 years ago. How did you get, did you buy that off him? That is a car boot job. No, I got this from, um, oh, don't say it's Euro a precious gift. Or okay. from Hartford. No, oh, yeah, no, yeah, like yeah. the uh, family run electric shop. And every, t- every night that I use it, I think to myself, because I don't even remember having changed the batteries and I've had it for four or five years. And I just think... If it ain't broke. It does exactly. And I can take... Like, I can take it... I take it on tour. And it means... Because sometimes my phone updates itself in the middle of the night without yes. me asking it to. Yes. And there has been occasions where my alarm on that hasn't gone off. So I set it on both. But this is the one I That's trust. That's the reliable... I, I, I mock you, but, you know, I, I respect you. And... I was only saying that because I just wanted to, I know that you'll hate this, but I think it's better now, but the alarm app on my phone, instead of just like editing the previous one, I would add a new one. And at one point Mm. there was just hundreds that I would scroll Mm. through. My girlfriend does that thing of, she sets an alarm for nine, five past nine, 10 past nine. Um, And I mean, hey. We've all got our different ways. I mean, Lord above, Lord forgive me, I've snoozed. <laughs> yeah. I've certainly pressed yeah. snooze button, but we're all making do. Yeah. And so, but I'm in bed now. Sorry, just quickly, because again, I wasn't feeling great today and I was a bit sweaty and had a bit of a dicky tummy and I, can't, I couldn't put my finger on whether it was just due to a strong coffee or um, 
or you know whatever so i was like well i better come home and um i feel fine i just feel you just but i've wanted to be cute and snuggly for you well it is it is very cute and snuggly but you almost make me because i'm in like a very hot room seeing you cute and snuggly makes me feel more hot because you look like hot chocolate whereas the Mm. atmosphere in here is frozen margarita hot mess Hot mess, yeah. yeah. Hot chocolate, hot mess. We've got our episode, episode yeah. title. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Um, by the way, I should I should let you know I'm a hot mess. It's very hot in here. Okay, um, you've just still so got your the full, windows open. Full uh, pajama. To, you'll be able to hear the the busy London streets. Mm, bit of an exciting ambiance for the listener out there. Um, I hate to. Oh, whoa! Strong. <laughs> George just showed me his muscles. Very impressive. L- lockdown hasn't hasn't you know hasn't hurt. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. How have you been, Ollie? Well, Other than being called a beep by the local pigeon feeder. God. Yeah, I'm gonna every time I go out, I'm gonna be worried. There's that guy's gonna be there throwing bread at me. Um, yeah. uh, I'm all right. I hate to. I hate to bring it up, the other C word, um, but uh, it has, you know, it is the defining, the defining story of my week is that uh, COVID lockdown 2.0 has reached Barcelona. It's not full lockdown, but it's, we, we are heavily encouraged to stay home, which is fine except my mum was supposed to get here tomorrow and she's not oh, coming man. anymore and and my sister and uh, her husband and my nephews sorry i hate using this language that you don't get but my nephew um they're supposed to be coming in a couple of weeks and i just don't know if it's gonna happen so i've been a bit down about that but mm. uh it's my girlfriend's birthday today and we can't go out, but I'm bringing the fun to her. I've got... Uh, God, she must be so happy that you're recording a podcast with me today. Well, luckily, she's still at work, so oh. it doesn't make a difference. Guilt-free podcasting. Guilt-free podcasting. Oh, finally, some guilt-free podcasting. <laughs> um, yeah. But I got someone to make her... Well, got someone. Uh, shout out to... Uh, one second, actually. I want to give this person a plug. For all the many people, all the many listeners out there that one live in Barcelona and two are in need of a cake soon, and I'm sure there's loads. Uh, Sucre by Martina on Instagram asked her to to make Cassidy an Animal Crossing themed cake, and Oof. I just picked it up a couple of hours ago, and it looks how you say muy bien. And, um, uh, good. It looks. I good. don't looks know nice. how. You looks say, good. Oh, looks good. good. Looks good. I'm sure it'll taste good, and uh, I'm sure my girlfriend is going to like it. So, you know, what can you do? Back in lockdown, but feeling hashtag blessed. <laughs> it could well, be I'm a very lot happy worse. that we are doing a Zoom call. Yeah, um, I haven't seen... Because we did try it. Um, I think we stopped doing then... it because of your low-tech... You had low-tech internet for a while. Yeah, my internet wasn't as good as it could be, but this is really nice. You you mm-hmm. look just as I remember. You look like you, it's, it's really taken a toll on you. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it's. I was hoping that you know. I felt a bit silly last week for having brought up Corona again and fumbled my way through the same sentences I've been trying to fumble my way through for the last fucking six weeks. You know, I, I seem to look at lockdown in chapters. And, it's uh, interesting. Well, I remember yeah. towards oh, the yeah. beginning we were full <laughs> of such. <laughs> I'm so hung up on it. I we're really both, both of us. I mean, everyone is. Everyone is. But I think we both discussed that we've in, we're going to institute a kind of uh, introduce a uh, a rule of if we find ourselves just going down a COVID rabbit hole where we're kind of saying the same stuff over and over again, you will hear this sound. Alert! You are dwelling on the pandemic. Please move on. And um, we will Perfect. try and steer And clear. you'll have to take an, an item of clothing off, hey? No, that's not the <laughs> game. We didn't agree on that, George. God, Zoom makes you so cheeky. <laughs> yeah, me going, oh, did I mention about Corona, Corona, Corona? Oh, look at me, I'm oh, in my oh, smalls. <laughs> Hey, well, we got to get through lockdown somehow. Somehow, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's an unavoidable part of our lives at the moment, but something interesting I was thinking about is towards the beginning, there really was this sense of optimism. And... <laughs> yeah. Nah. Claxon, what we're actually going to do this episode, we put out a little shout out for some emails on the topic of talking to family or loved ones, friends, about mental health stuff, how to have those conversations, and also what you do when maybe those people in your life don't take that very seriously, which, given the response that we've got, um, I mean, it happens a lot. Loads of people emailed in. Oh, wait, gosh, 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 I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself because the messenger boy needs to bring us the emails before I can really discuss them. And also, before we beckon him, George, have you noticed the messenger boy's horse? For so long, I have been kind of fixated on this scraggly messenger boy from a different period, different time. Yeah. Um, that I had ignored the fact that each week he comes to us, he rides over on this majestic stallion. Stunning thing, yeah. Beautiful. And two weeks ago, in fact, and I didn't want to say anything, but the sun caught this thing around the horse's neck. And of course, it was its dog collar. Of course. And it said, Jexton on it which i mm. thought might be an old medieval town that the messenger boy was from mm. but it turns out it's this beautiful pedigree show pup horse that is just beautiful honestly i mean i it's like you said because it is difficult to get past the messenger boy himself and it, it, that's a kind of assault on the senses but uh, as the weeks go on i've been thinking well firstly i've been thinking how does a guy like that end up with a a, a pup horse sorry uh well you know i mean it's hard to find the, the word sometimes for this thing which is if there was like uh, crufts f for horses mm. this would be absolutely 100 percent far and away best in show best yeah. in show uh best in show gorgeous pedigree uh, horse mm. and i just as the weeks have gone on i'm i'm so glad that you've felt the same way because i've been kind of thinking do i bring this up or you know i don't i don't want to i don't want the messenger boy to kind of um get big for his boots because he knows he's got a beautiful stallion uh sorry sort of pup a horse pup but i just have to say it the messenger boy has somehow ended up 
with this gorgeous horse named Jackson on its, of course, on its dog collar. It says that. And uh, I just love to beckon Jexton and I guess the messenger yeah. boy over. But it does change the way I view the messenger boy because it says to me, you know, and I've learned this lesson again and again and again, don't judge a book by its horse. And here is a perfect example of that, you know. Well, okay, that's one perspective. What I've thought is it's made me realise, up until now I've been thinking, how does that scraggly thing get the letters to us so efficiently every week? Now I realise that, you know, behind every man is a stunning horse and Jexton is the one really pulling things together. Enter enter stage right, Jexton. Jexton. Email for you, my lord. This email has just come in, my lord. Okay. Thank you very much, Jackson. Oh, good, good, Jackson. Good, Jackson. That's really tickled me. Good boy. Good Good boy. Beautiful boy. Well done. Come here. (laughs) Okay. So we got so many emails, and we won't be able to to read all of them. But thank you to everyone who um, who sent them in. Now, firstly. This is from Katie, who says, Hi, Ollie and George, in that order. Okay, thank you. Slash maybe maybe slightly divisive thing to say, um, but I encourage it. Phone a friend is my <laughs> favorite podcast ever. I love hearing that other people struggle with the same things I do, and I love the way you guys make it lighthearted and enjoyable. Thank you. I have a story about my mental health journey and my dad. My dad is in the military, and do you say military or military? Uh, just just military. a quick aside. Military. This podcast has really made me quite self-conscious about the way I pronounce <laughs> many words. Um Okay, my dad is in the military and is the classic, grumpy, no-feelings, no-nonsense dad. As a kid, I was sort of scared of him and never felt like I could talk to him about my feelings growing up, as he always told me I was being ridiculous. He would get angry when he saw me crying for a reason he could not understand. He also thought I needed tough love without me asking for it, and would often yell at me to try to help. My journey with mental health started about eight years ago, with it being the worst around three years ago. But just as I have grown with my mental illness and learned what I can do to help myself, my dad has grown with it too. What was once him yelling and telling me my feelings were wrong is now him sitting and listening to me. He's kind and sometimes even deals with it better than my mum. Anyways, this long story is just to tell people, yes, often family and friends do not understand. For some of them, it's just not something their brain can comprehend. Brackets, lucky bastards. Uh, not everyone will be able to change and grow into a loving support system, but I just wanted to tell people out there it is possible. Uh, slightly insulted, you grouped the brothers and sisters in Canada with everyone else last week, but we still send special love that no other brother or sisters from anywhere else could ever do to you. Thanks for all you do, Katie. So, I thought we would start with that one because, like Katie's saying, this shows that even, you know, you couldn't have a more stereotypical, you know, military dad, kind of grumpy, like, no-nonsense, get on with it, who, when first confronted with the kind of world of uh, mental health stuff, didn't understand it and was not sympathetic to it, but who has now become a very supportive and, you know, kind parent. The truth is, is that, like, 
for a lot of people, it is a sort of mystifying thing. I mean, think about how confusing and scary it is for you yourself when you start to feel like this. And if you your parents are looking at their child who they you know love and they don't they just don't understand what's going on and that doesn't mean necessarily that they uh you know are cruel or whatever they just it's just a kind of cognitive dissonance they don't understand and with time maybe they can understand like katie's dad because i think that a lot of people might be put off if they start a conversation with a family member and it goes badly and they feel like they're not being heard then understandably that can put people off but i think it might be helpful to view it as a kind of something that you have a, a conversation about kind of regularly you have another run at it and you in the same way that you kind of deal with your your mental health stuff on a daily weekly basis you don't have to tackle the big family convo in one you can return to it and you can say you know this is how i'm feeling present how what's been going on with you and as katie has shown people people can change and their perspective can can shift on these things yeah i think that story as well for me it highlights the fact that people that love us very much won't necessarily know how to cope or handle or approach the conversation Mm -hmm. and so of course katie's dad loves her and i it sounds to me as you know actively gone what you know what do i need to do for this person that i love and that's uh i mean because you know yeah you'd imagine that's a man that isn't snoozing his alarm too often you know, that's the first thing that comes to my mind mm-hmm. uh, quite. Uh, yeah. And also it's a generational thing, I think, as well. If you think about our, it's more in the public. What's the, do you say public realm? Uh, yeah. Public conscience. I mean, don't um, ask me. I say, mil- I say military, so. <laughs> but it's more so now than when me and you were at school, Ollie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when, I, when you were at school, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's ongoing and it's understanding and i think even there's been things constantly actually that, that it's and this is part of one of the brilliant things about us being more connected the world getting smaller is we are more aware of different people's struggles and life experiences the chances are that socially where you grow up that even when there is differences there are differences within the world that you grow up in so every you know instead of it opens it up and we're far more aware of other things going on in the world and this is me speaking for myself actually but it highlights more often than not my ignorance more than it highlighting what i do know it highlights what i don't know um and once something has been brought to your attention or something you don't know it's not that overnight you're then going to understand it you have to actively try and understand it yeah um and that's a very active that's something you have to be involved in um and yeah i don't think people i would assume that people would never want to alienate someone in their family or that they love but that it might just take them a minute to catch up with hang on you know something even as small as admitting you've had a bad day or that you're not enjoying the job you have or that you don't feel you know appreciated in the job you have or something like that that might not have even been spoken about in that person's life before now um so it all takes time but it's it's a really lovely thing to hear that katie and her dad have found a way to communicate about it yeah i think that a lot of people emailed in kind of expressing what katie was saying was the the initial reaction of her dad a lot of people have said this is what they're experiencing right now 
So it might be good for them to hear this kind of um, the way it progressed for her. And, and of course, it might not happen the same way, but, um, you know, there is hope. And also, I think you have to, uh, or, well, I'll speak for myself, but you have to kind of work out what it is you want from your loved ones. As in, I know that I've been guilty of kind, kind of wanting my girlfriend or my family to basically help me stay in my comfort zone. So like with, with anxiety, telling my girlfriend that I might not be able to do certain things, it then kind of gives me the excuse to to just carry on with my avoidant behaviors that I'm trying to get rid of. And I'm not saying that I certainly don't want the tough love thing of, no, I don't care what, how you feel. Just do it. Um, we're going out. That's my girlfriend, by the way. We're going out tonight, whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do think there's kind of a balance because it's great to have someone empathetic with you when you're struggling and they can help you through situations. But in the long run, I think, again, just... In my personal experience, I have kind of sort of wanted my family members to enable me and tell me it's okay to just live my small life. And I mean, it, and that's not really what I want in the long run. I want to get better. So I think like even explaining that to your family, to whoever, explain to them, like, obviously I don't, I feel this way and I don't like it um, and I'm not choosing it. And I just need you to be patient with me while I try and work it out. I think that making clear to them that, I mean, in an ideal world, people would just intuitively know this, but that's, of course, unreasonable. Um, but sometimes, especially with younger people, and we've seen this a lot in the emails, people will, uh, things can get written off as like, oh, well, you're just being... Uh, I don't know, you're just being moody or you're being dramatic and that is not helpful. But if you can explain to them and I, it, th I'm i making it sound like it's on you to kind of defend yourself, but in a way I guess it is because that is the reality is that it is a difficult thing for people to understand. I, I would assume though... Th sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I, I was going to say I heard you making um, sort of... I'm about to speak noises and I was like thank god because I've got no idea where I'm going with this I, I would assume that say from a parent's point of view so a, a kid saying to their parent I am experiencing x y or z and their initial reaction is to say you know get on with it or whatever whatever it is that an unsupportive parent and I'm saying quote unquote unsupportive per parent would say I wonder how much of that is based on a fear in their own head of how do I help this person that I love I don't like I've not been here before the what what do I and we react in a I think I've seen it myself when I come up against something that is new or daunting to me often I can get quite so like a defensive straight away without actually thinking about what it is I'm hearing regard like regardless of who you know how it's affecting the other person's life to me it's like well, well I don't know <laughs> and it's and I've seen myself do that um, about other things, but I wonder how much of it is the, the the catching up of somebody, somebody having to catch up to where they can be of help to you is them just trying to be like, oh, come to terms with the fact that it's a new thing. So there's like a patience involved, and also um, there's also probably a sort of guilt thing of 
I th- I think a lot of parents they think like oh did I w- did yeah. I do this or could I have done something differently and that's you know it might not be a rational response but that is just how people will respond to something as like it's a very I mean I can only imagine because I'm very young but it's a very must be a very strange and emotional thing to see this person you've cared for since they were a um a little sprog if they're now saying and you know I'm I'm depressed or I'm you know, it, it it's difficult what I'm saying is it's difficult for family members as well, as well as it being difficult for the person going through it. Um, but I think also, Ollie, even as we're saying this, for so long, that depression has been depicted as this very extreme, very rare, very yeah, extreme thing. And if you've grown up w- with that, you know, when it's portrayed in, whether it be films or books or whatever, it's a nuanced thing, isn't it? And it's a, um, that might be a hard thing if, if culturally your, your association with the word depression is, you know, it's like, don't be silly, of course you're not. You know, of course you're not. De- what do you Pull talk about? You're depressed. Together. Yeah. Look at the life I've given you. Well, I think, <laughs> I think that's why if you're trying to have this conversation with parents in particular, you know, use the resources that are out there to your benefit. Show, like, help them understand that what you're talking about because it's a difficult thing to articulate at the best of times and you know when you're going as we are proving but when you're going through something you might not be able to put it into words in a way that will get across to them but you can say to them well look at this website or watch this tv show whatever um listen to this podcast listen to this podcast yes thank you you'll get your parents listening to us talk about that beautiful jexton and they'll be going why the fuck am i listening to this (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) ollie can i just say to people listening during this ollie's headphones are giving up so now i'm on zoom to him while he's on the phone to me because we're using the video of zoom but the audio from the phone and it looks like you're being really rude and you're on that you're like waiting to order something or something well because yeah i have to i now have to hold the phone to my ear like some sort of i mean this is very very low tech um um well can i be the first to say thank you to katie for emailing in and i really appreciate that as our opening email and um yeah thank you it's good to hear that together ollie did we get um sorry no please interrupt me (laughs) i was gonna say did we get any emails with tips for us and listeners tips for us and listeners for tips for for the show like on the subject not just asking us our opinion yeah yeah um so we got any are you okay my dear boy (laughs) I can't see you when I'm reading the emails, by the way, so don't get up to no good. Okay. Um, We got an email from Nathan with some tips about having these these kind of conversations. So, nice to meet you both. My name is Nathan. I'm 26-year-old, and I'm an American who lives in Washington, D.C. I saw George's post on Instagram about asking for tips slash stories to share with you guys about how to start conversations with family and friends about mental health, and I thought I could share a bit of what I do myself. I was diagnosed with clinical depression and generalized anxiety disorder when I was 19, and it was difficult to start conversations with people at first because I didn't know where they stood on mental health. So I'd 
ask them about celebrities or public figures that have spoken out just to see where they were at. If the response wasn't completely negative, which it sometimes was, I'd continue with a comment like, yeah, that's how I feel. Finding a way to personalize the discussion is really helpful, and odds are there is someone in everyone's life who's dealing with some kind of mental health issues, and they, they might even be dealing with their own, and not realize it. It seems awkward at first, but with every interaction you get more and more comfortable sharing your own story. Eventually you're talking more about your experience because of how many times you've had this conversation. These days I don't think I go a full day without having a conversation about mental health, but that wouldn't be possible without laying the groundwork and educating myself. I really had to lay some groundwork to go from a 19-year-old suicidal kid with depression and anxiety to being a mental health advocate and blogger. Shameless plug for my mental health blog, My Brain's Not Broken, who openly talks about mental health on all my personal social media accounts at 26 years old. Thank you guys so much for creating this space and having these discussions, by the way. I'm sure you get a version of this in plenty of emails, but George, you're my favorite artist of all time, blah, 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 blah. Love you, George. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Nathan. (laughs) Oh, and then he says some nice things about me too. Thank you very much, Nathan. And yeah, so I think what Nathan's saying is very good advice in that... (sighs) You, you kind of have to have a few uh, probably difficult conversations before you're ever going to have a meaningful one on this subject. So I think, again, people put a lot of pressure on themselves. And I'm kind of seeing this in the emails where they're like, OK, I'm going to tell my parents about this. How do I do it? How do I make them understand straight away? And the answer is you probably won't. It would be very difficult. That doesn't mean that you're not going to get any support or anything, but just um, don't don't put so much pressure on yourself to kind of perfectly explain this strange thing that you're going through. Just start the conversation and it might be it might be that initially it's just kind of as Nathan says laying the groundwork for for more substantial conversations down the line. You know yeah, what I mean? I'd, yes, absolutely. I I'd, I'd love that the first bit of using something that is famous or in the public eye that has spoken about something so say that were say it was an addiction to gambling for instance that you were experiencing and you were doing this late at night by yourself but you could say oh what did you think about x y or z in the public eye that had come forward about uh, trouble with addiction and you could gauge their response to that and be like huh because the chances are well not sorry not the chances are but in that situation if they say yeah i really felt for them and, you know, wouldn't that be scary, a daunting thing to then be able to segue in and be like, huh, yeah, I'm, I'm going through that too. That, that, I, that makes complete sense of using, I don't know why I used addiction as the example, but any example of something you're dealing with, with your own mental health, by using someone that's in the public eye as a, almost as a scapegoat or a guinea pig, like, oh, yeah. I'll try, like, see what they feel about this person yeah. that's disconnected to us as a family. But then if there is compassion that is extended to this stranger, that we know only as a celebrity, then you know then there will be, or you can be more sure that there will be. I like that as a as an idea. Yeah, and also it's a, a way of kind of protecting yourself because say it was, this was a conversation not necessarily with a family member, but like with a friend or something where this conversation is not necessarily essential, but you would like to talk about it. And you might mention something and they might react in a way that makes you think like, okay, I'm not sure I want to now share with them this. And that will save you some 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 grief because... And then once you've done the next bit of t- having a few different conversations, you yeah. might be able to then revisit that person 
with yeah. a bit more um, yeah, confidence. Yeah, I'm not saying they're a lost cause, but you know, especially in the kind of if this if that's going to be your first conversation with someone about how you're feeling, and you can kind of already see that it's going to go a certain way, then you know, why not avoid that and try it on someone else? So thank you very much for that, Nathan. Can, and I, ju- can I just, Ollie? Sorry, can I just quickly say thank you for the email, Nathan? Thank you very much, and uh, thank you for the kind words as well, Nathan. Much appreciated. This email from Kimberly. Hey, Ollie and George. My name is Kimberly, and I'm 27 from Belgium. There's this one moment that I still regret not handling better to this day. I'll keep it short, but I want to share this story from more than 10 years ago. I have a younger sister, one and a half year age gap, and she sorry i have a younger sister one and a half year age gap and she had depression when she was in high school she always wanted to get the perfect grades so she put a lot of pressure on herself on top of that my father and sister used to fight over the smallest things every day there was a moment that my sister my mum, and me were sitting at the dining table and my sister opened up about her seeing a psychologist for her depression. At that time, I didn't take it seriously and was very ignorant. I was a happy kid and had relatively good experiences. I started laughing and said something along the lines of, how could you be depressed? You're only 17 years old, you're just exaggerating. My sister just completely shut down and we all became very silent. I still regret handling the situation like that to this day. Now I know how it feels to have a depression. I've had a bad few years, but I'm finally in a better place now. And now I know that I need to listen when someone is opening up. They need someone to feel safe around. And I wasn't that person for my sister. Thank you for the podcast. So I think that it's, you know, that must have been a, a kind of a difficult email to send. I'm very grateful that Kimberly did. Again, you know, you were 17. And I don't think it would be controversial to say that there's probably one or two things I did when I was 17 that I don't stand by today. Um, you know, like cool things, um, not nothing really bad, but like just cool ones. But, you know, it just shows what we were talking about, George, in just 10 years. is There's a very different atmosphere around these things now. Um, and, you know, Kimberly learned from that experience and... Being a sibling must, I mean, I was listening to something, is the, um, it's a Radio 4 podcast or radio program called All in the Mind, and they had a whole kind of episode that was about being a sibling to someone with mental health issues and how difficult it is for that person as well, because the cases they were talking about were relatively that they were quite serious and extreme but i think it goes for anyone where sibling is this like weird kind of like it's the longest relationship you will probably have and if you are used to someone being a certain way and you see that and they start to go through something it's a difficult thing to adapt to for that person as well And they mentioned on that podcast that there are sibling support groups where people can go and kind of vent guilt free about, you know, because, you know, it's like I always think with my girlfriend, it must be very frustrating at times to be my partner because there have been many times where things have plans have gone awry because I've had a panic attack or I've been in uh, I've been unhappy or whatever um and it's the same with siblings it it will be a frustrating and upsetting experience and so in the support group you can go and talk to other 
people realize that you're not alone in feeling those things and it's okay as long as you are you know obviously you, you don't want to make anything worse for your sibling but you you're not expected to ju just like automatically be the perfect kind of ally and support network it's you know it's difficult for everyone it's a process and i hope kimberly you know doesn't feel too too bad for something that happened 10 years ago when she was still a teen yeah and that that's the it's obviously repeated on her mm. you know kimberly has obviously lived with the fact that she said something that she was probably quite flippantly said and although not a helpful thing to have been said also not a completely malicious thing you know it's a it's a mistake and you know it's being able to stand up and, and put your hands up and say ah oh, i did that thing and it was wrong yeah um is is a brilliant thing to be able to do and i hope that you know her and her sister are there for each other now and can mm -hmm. i'm sure her sister doesn't hold her accountable for that i was having this conversation on saturday where i was like yeah i've, I've done things i regret like you were saying about like d d cool things yeah, yeah, yeah. um <laughs> cool things you do as a teenager as long as you, the, the, if you, there is anything you regret, you don't let it eat you up inside. You know, it's, it's to a, to acknowledge it and go, there was that thing I did. Would I do that today? No. And that's, to me, suggests that you've learned something and that's a brilliant thing. Um, yeah, and the fact that it's stuck with Kimberly, I mean, it, that shows that she's an empathetic person and cares about her sister. So you know, it's and uh, I'm, I mean, I I have two older siblings, and I think for me because I was already sort of I'd already kind of moved out when I started to have the more intense anxiety stuff, and I think. I mean, my siblings have always been very supportive of me, but there's that kind of distance. It's like, it's it's different when you're living together and maybe going to the same school and all that stuff. I can't speak to that experience, but I don't know. I just think, hopefully, I mean, the way to think about it, Kimberly, is that you've sent that email and you're probably going to make someone rethink their own behavior. Maybe you'll change the way someone reacts to their own little sister. Um or brother, George, or brother from Canada or from wherever. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just hard, man. I think, you know... No, but I think this has been really productive. I think it's brilliant to have heard... I feel as if we've heard three different stories here, which is, you know, and that's exactly what I was hoping for at the end of last week's episode, where we heard from the listener living in LA that was struggling with these conversations. Lipstick City. The, 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 Lipstick City. Um, you know, I'm not suggesting that this episode is going to answer all of their problems and worries, but it's a, I just love that there's people listening that have advice and stories and, you know, relatable experiences that we can all share. Um, and I think that that, to me, the episode has done what I would have hoped from it, for myself, for me, yeah. Ollie, for me, for me, for me, yeah, for me, this is great. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'd just say to obviously lots of people emailed in, as I said, kind of expressing the situation there. Uh, sorry, I've, I've lost my train of thought because George has suddenly changed angle in bed and it's now like I'm lying next to him. And it's fine. I mean, it's cute and snuggly, but I just I got distracted. Sorry. Oh, yes. I was genuinely just repositioning That's myself. Right. Um, I was just going to say that. For the people who emailed in kind of saying, I feel like my family don't take me seriously when I talk about this stuff and what should I do? I think, you know, in as much, obviously, the usual disclaimer that uh, 
we know nothing. But what I would say is don't put too much pressure on this one conversation revisit it be specific so you know say like i'm worried i i wear this is these are the kinds of things i worry about or i slept this much last night and it's affecting me like try and relate it to you and your life and in a way that will hopefully get through to your family and also it might be that you don't find the support you need from family members necessarily but that doesn't mean there isn't support out there for you. And you, the, a support network can be lots of things. It can be friends and it can be uh, mental health professionals and all that stuff is there too. So, you know, it's not all over if you if you can't get through to a, to a family member. Um, I'm not saying it's not difficult, but, you know, there's other options. And thank you very much to everyone who emailed in. With a few of the ones we didn't read out, I might sort of put them on the Instagram and see people can respond with their thoughts, with the, with the tips, I mean. And um, we can kind of keep the convo going. Speaking of that Insta. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say, this isn't a joke. I just, I, I genuinely forget what the handle is every time. I think it, I have to look at my phone one sec. Ollie. Huh? <laughs> what do you say? Do you, me, do you want me to tell you? Oh, do you know? Well, yeah, it's at phone a friend pod. Okay. So yeah, check out the phone a friend Instagram at phone a friend pod. Uh, so I know I said I wouldn't say it, George, but I am melting. I know, oh, I can tell. So Ollie's in a in very here, hot so room and I, he's I saying, am kind of sort of started, rushing through said. to the end of the podcast. Yeah, yeah I, I can like, tell. Get out of here. I'm, I'm watching you like, he really doesn't want, because he said, I promise I won't mention it, but I'm so hot. Oh my <laughs> and you God. just couldn't help yourself. I have, oh, to, have to get it out there. Um, um, Ollie, I've got an idea. Can you video our screen and put it on the Instagram stories now of us saying hello? Yeah, although I am incredible. Uh, it will be me with a sort of sheen of sweat. <laughs> okay, maybe we don't have to. Um, but yes, that, I would also like to echo what you said. Thank you to everyone that's emailing in. The email address is contact at phone a friend podcast. Um, Ollie, can you do the official stuff of telling people to like and subscribe? <laughs> like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Um, yeah. um, um, that's it, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. God, I'm sorry, yeah, but Ollie's my cognitive functions are, are, are gone. Yeah, I thank you very much for for this conversation, George. I hope you get some nice snuggly sleep tonight. Yeah. Thank you, um, you too. Oh, my microphone. How cute. Oh, that is so cute. And uh, I'm going to go and... Shower. Well, actually, no. I'm going to order my girlfriend uh, her birthday meal from Big Al's American Kitchen. We <laughs> go all in here. Yeah, wicked. Well, sending love to all of our listeners, especially in Canada. Our brothers and sisters over there in Canada and okay. yeah ollie it's been an absolute pleasure absolute pleasure and i'll speak to you next week <laughs> hang on in there <laughs> Bye. Bye.